like if you heal yourself you're you're healing seven generations ahead of you and generations behind you mm. and that's how significant your own healing is Hey, welcome to Current Mood. This is your host, Jacqueline Schneider. Current Mood is a series exploring self-care techniques, mental models, and the core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with thought leaders across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about unique business paths and pivots through the lens of mental wellness. Hey, welcome back to Current Mood. This is Jacqueline. In this conversation, I get a chance to talk to Fariha Roshin. Fariha is a writer, poet, author, astrologer also sometimes. <laughs> um, she's an amazing human and I know I say that about all my guests because they are but she's like really extra special. She was so vulnerable and just so open to talking about her life and I'm really appreciative for that. Fariha's books like A Bird, Who is Wellness For, and How to Cure a Ghost are some of my favorite books of all time. She has a book coming out later this year called Survival Takes a Wild Imagination. We go super deep and talk about healing money wounds, how our identities are shaped around money and how we find value in ourselves and um, our worthiness and how those things are so integrated into the ways that we deal with money we also talk about establishing yourself as a business uh and what comes with that the luxury of wellness and who gets to practice wellness and be well we talk about art and uh, food and weed <laughs> and pleasure and we meander it's such a great conversation i really really hope that you enjoy it and take something from it I'd love to start with who you are. Who are you? And how do you pronounce your name? So my name is Fariha Roshin. Uh, and who am I? I? I guess you could call me a writer. I would call myself a writer as well. Um, I'm a human being. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a deeply emotional person, highly feeling person. Mm -hmm. uh i am not american i'm australian and canadian but i feel very borderless mm. um and yeah that's i don't know i think those are all the things that are coming to me right now yeah borderless yeah. say more <laughs> i don't believe in borders <laughs> like everywhere uh, yeah, yeah. I think nationalism is deeply dangerous. It's like important to have cultural identity, of course. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like Greek identity, Italian identity, Ethiopian identity, you know, Indian identity. But all of those things are, I think, deeply cultural mm. and they're important for us in terms of like ancestral healing, even mm -hmm. to like know where you're from. I get that. But mm -hmm. I think that borders and sort of like you know geography and like white men and 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 you know in the whatever colonizing era you know really believing that like countries had to be separated and and land had to be shifted and it's it's all of this sort of nation building mythology yeah. making to me is really bullshit and i think i can say that because I live on the margins you know I I I don't fit into any society even though you know I, I have a lot of nostalgia for being Australian which is where I grew up and mm -hmm. um, I moved to New York when I was 19. Mm -hmm. um, I never really lived in Canada I was I was born there mm. and raised there until I was like four and a half and then my family and I went back to Bangladesh mm. we were there which that's where we're from culturally. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like from the ages of four and a half to five and a half, I think I was there. And then it got too dangerous for us to live there because my dad has pretty leftist political values. And mm -hmm. so we kind of fled back 
fled to Australia and uh, that's where I was raised. And I think that sort of like existing in so many different continents and different spaces and um, having to wear, I think a lot of different hats mm. um, made me a very global person and a very, I think like a traveler, someone who like finds beauty in the world and, and can find home in many different places. And I think we're better together and, and more connected. And I think separation is really the most dangerous thing that we're facing. And it's mm. sort of the ants. It's, it's the cause of like, or not, not just the cause, but it's, it's, it has caused, I think, you know, mass genocide and climate destruction because we're so disconnected from each other and we're so disconnected from ourselves. And so we're so disconnected to the earth. We have no value anymore mm. of this life. Um, and, and I think that that <laughs> comes back to just sort of like this belief in like, yes, individual identity, which America is the biggest profiter on and it is like that is one of the biggest american ideals that it's exported like mm. individualism and living individually i'm sick of that shit yeah <laughs> it's fair. not working for us this yeah. week uh definitely sick of that shit i was like i'm lonely um yeah i miss like people <laughs> and like yeah. doing stuff together and not being so like uh, independent all the fucking time it's like I don't know it's exhausting yeah it's really <laughs> exhausting and I think that like you know I felt this way really through the pandemic because I had a lot of you know compromised friends and I myself really I think had to face the fact that I had a chronic illness and that was very devastating in a lot of ways and I realized like I can't be alone anymore like this isn't really working for me to just sort of take care of myself. I actually don't want to live like this. How did, um, so I hear you. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me. Um, mm -hmm. How did you ask for help? <laughs> Period. <laughs> I wasn't to, sure if there was more. <laughs> like, I'd love to know. How did you ask for help? Once you decided that you can't do this alone, like what, where do you go from there? You know what? It's, uh, it's been tragic, honestly, because I've, I've lost a lot of friends mm. through the, the act of asking for help because I realized like mm. not everyone wants to help you or not help. everybody can. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's a bunch of things. Not everybody knows how, not everybody can, not everyone wants to. Yeah. So you have to find the people who like actually do and, see value in your life and um you know sometimes it's like five people on your hand you know you don't really like that's it sometimes and yeah. it's it is pretty humbling and and yet you know because some I don't have family I don't have good family relations because I have you know grew up on, under a lot of violence and mm -hmm. have kind of become pretty yeah, sadly, to go back to this connection, like yeah. estranged from my mother. And so I don't have like a tether, like a normal family mm. constitution. Um, I'm kind of floating yeah. in in space, you know, and I've realized that like as a result to like relationships that you build in your adult life are so significant because, you know, for a lot of us, they are the only relations that we have that we can actually rely on yeah um so that i think to go back to your question how do i ask for help um with a lot of fear and hesitation still it's not easy but mm -hmm. i have become much more emboldened i think by doing it and feeling I think just inspired to, I'm accepting that I'm a deeply, uh, I think confronting person for a lot of people in my life. And that's because I'm like, a, I'm vulnerable and I'm open and I go straight to the core and to the wound of things. 
and respect. I mean, and not everybody wants that either, you know, and that is a very lonely path of being like, I'm a, I'm a freak, man. Like I, (laughs) I, how do I, why am I like this? Like, why don't, why can't I just be like normal and fake it? And yeah. Um, you know, be like numb because that's what I see so many people be. I'm like, oh, I could just be that. I could just be completely disassociated. Mm-hmm. You cry all the time. I mean, is I it could. a conscious choice to not be, or is it just kind of who yes. you are? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I'm like, if I could be high all the time, I am. I mean, I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely high all the time, but I, Same. you know, I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, I might light a joint at some point in this conversation, so just, just <laughs> wanted to pre-warn any uh, audience of, like. <laughs> the beauty of Zoom. <laughs> exactly. And the beauty of being off camera. Like, <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool if I could just see what your style of, you know, smoking is. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another time. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh yeah i I, yeah the disassociating thing like scrolling Mm -hmm. all that is just feels like it's just the norm but it's not the norm at all it shouldn't be yeah it's kind of tragic to use your words um Mm -hmm. i i want to hear and i've 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 listened to some podcasts that you've done um i've read some of your work um, I've actually gifted your book to a couple of friends, mm, um, two different books of uh, the go- the ghost. Wait, I forget the title. How to cure a ghost. How to cure a ghost. Yes. <laughs> and then the one about the siblings. Um, I also gifted like a one. bird. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm a stoner. Um, <laughs> admittedly. As yeah. I light one up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, like all the things that are quote legal don't actually um, need what I do what i need them to do but also like we yeah now. like what yeah <laughs> <It's> exactly <laughs> i know i went to a beautiful uh californian uh dispensary last night and i was like this is america i <laughs> love like it apple store <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> i went to one I, i'm i'm from san diego so i i feel you um, oh amazing and I lived in yeah LA. you're a californian <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a california i've been in, L- in la in new york for five years but it's so weird because every time I go home, I'm like, we're home to California. I, I like stock up at the Apple store for weed mm-hmm. and, and come back with stuff. And then I'm just like, why isn't this just here? This is stupid. I know, right? Yeah. You're still lacking in so many ways, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Um, but you were you were going to ask me something. Sorry. I feel like I derailed that. Um, I think I derailed it because I got excited about weed. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, um here we are uh i i'm interested in kind of the story of you as an entrepreneur um i don't know do you consider yourself an entrepreneur oh no that's no. amazing let's hear mm-hmm. I, i'm like curious the, about the business this journey like uh, you you kind of like i mean i don't know your life story this is literally the first time we've talked but um you've written poetry you've written books you've acted as an editor um you started an agency like there's the the trajectory of the career uh as I'm looking at it because I've had a lot of different roles also um I see the through line but through that uh line I guess I would be curious like were you thinking about building a business at any point like throughout this um or how were you thinking about money I guess is the question yeah I mean it's a really good question and I also I I feel a lot of resistance to money which I think I need to start with because Mm -hmm. I am deeply anti-capitalist to a fault and I'm yeah. I've had to heal a lot of my money wounds because they're Ooh. not my own they're let's my family's talk, let's talk about those <laughs> yeah my my so I come from for four generations reportedly of socialist Marxists on both sides on mainly my mother's side my dad is one I, I don't think he had any family though 
that was directly anyway so mm. uh that meant that i was not raised with the idea that money was good mm. and i you know so i kind of like was raised with two philosophies of like you have to work really hard but your money is not your own it's never your own mm. it's it's the communities it's it has to be given away um i think that like partially this is also like very muslim like you know like not all muslims do this but like there's like five mandates they're called five the five pillars of islam mm. and one of them is zakat which is to is uh charity and you know the Quran asks you to give 2.5% of your salary away. And I think mm -hmm. my parents took that really seriously um, and uh, really sort of drill that into me at a very young age about just like the, the importance of service and all of that's great. All of this is great. And I'm really glad that I was raised like this, but I think that um, they never taught me it. Like they, I didn't know how to file my taxes. Like I lived, I moved to uh, America when I was nineteen. Mm. I had to learn all of that on my own. Like just sort of like how to do my taxes, how to learn, how to like you know save, how to open mm. a checkings account, you know, like a checking account, a savings account. How to it like makes you feel your, any better? Americans don't know how to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I guess so, right? Like, like they maybe they purposely just... don't teach you that shit so you could owe them money for your lifetime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Not your parents, but um, it's just you kind of socialize, yeah. socialize into a trash financial system. Yeah, and I think that that's that's how. But if you're raised with a lot of wealth, that's not that's not the case, right? And Too so sure. there's so many people who are not who actually are completely from childhood being you know sort of primed for financial success right. and yeah. that's yeah. through education through every form of schooling and then you've got the privilege of like you know cultural education and like mm -hmm. you know just like I, I think even just like growing up in certain kinds of cities like growing up in new york growing up in la that's a certain kind of privilege as well because it it puts you um at the center of so much you know and and i think that that's really exciting and also that the, those kinds of privileges we don't talk about because i think a lot of people are so fucking mad that they you know that they that they don't have more that they're unwilling to actually look at what they have and mm. myself included mm. i think i get lost in all the things that i don't have mm. and and i focus on what uh yeah i focus I, I focus on that primarily and i don't focus on like you know like i'm a writer that like sells my own stuff and that's right. really amazing you know like yeah. i have books and shit but i never thought about to go back to your question i never mm. thought about it in a way that i was like <clears throat> this is my business plan primarily because of the way that I was raised. But I think that definitely in the last couple of years, I've had to become and take myself more seriously. And I, I think that that has sort of made me level up a little bit more in terms of just being like, I actually, you know, whether or not it's a brand, I don't know if I have that, but I have something and I have a readership and I have people that, if I make something, they want to buy it. You know, it, mm. it's not, a, maybe it's not a lot of people, but it's, it's you know, it's it's my community. It's people that are excited about the, the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm thinking about. Mm. And I think that less an entrepreneur, I've, I've sort of more kind of like been able to understand myself as an artist. Mm -hmm. And through that, awareness i think i've had to you know take myself seriously as i said and also acknowledge <laughs> that really like honestly like it's really hard to take myself seriously and to take yourself seriously i i i have i suffer from a lot of embarrassment of myself and mm -hmm. like a feeling of um like i and a lot of this is my childhood as well like i don't really want to be seen all the time sure. it's deeply uncomfortable 
And um, yeah, I think that that's also me hiding and not wanting to take up space and being conditioned not to. And that stems from shame because I don't feel like I have any value, which comes from my the feeling of not feeling worthy enough because I was abused by a parent. And I think that it always kind of comes back to sort of like this very foundational, like fundamental thing in myself where I'm like, oh, I feel worthless because of this thing that happened to me. Right. And I'm still really trying to take myself seriously, if that makes sense from that perspective. Like I don't have, like, I, I really admire people that have like good parental roles and, and you know, like, especially for women, mm-hmm. people that, you know, like grandmothers or aunts or like mm-hmm. mothers that mm-hmm. like really inspired them to be embodied and you know, really inspired themselves to be in themselves and in their beauty and in their strength and in their power and in their in their intelligence. But yeah. I had a deeply self-hating mom who sexually abused me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's really like and that's I'm the product of that. And then so like I'm five books in, I'm 33 and I'm still like, am I good enough? You know, like it's I just really... want to give you a hug. <laughs> and then also cry with you. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can. It's like really hard, and um, I think that it's it's really beautiful also to watch people get empowered for that very reason because I know like it's possible, and I'm definitely on that path Mm -hmm. um, of like you know really healing this stuff so I can look at myself and feel proud and like you know be like yeah i'm not an entrepreneur or like yeah let's take let's let's make millions of dollars and obviously give a lot of it away 2.5 percent to be exact exactly (laughs) maybe even more yeah hopefully more. i'm (laughs) anti-capitalist i know i feel like the word entrepreneur has is very triggering so maybe i should not it's so triggering yeah (laughs) but but it's a good question i think like everyone should ask a writer how do you make money like do we talk about that (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting because there's this, you know, it's you're not, uh, you know, self-sufficient until you are. It's like, but where is the tipping point? And then like, how are you how do like, how do you think about at some point you have to, quote, take yourself seriously and like then you have to take action. You have to like probably get a lawyer, get an accountant and like do all this shit that's like, yeah, adult. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But there, there is a certain amount of like emotional uh, realism and like stability that comes with acknowledging that that's what you need to do <laughs> to yeah. actually move forward. So that's why I always ask that because I actually asked a um, uh, a journalist friend of mine. He's a music journalist, like super well respected, like total boss by by Google's standards. <laughs> you look him up, and he's like done all this cool shit, mm. and. Like I was like I kind of asked him a similar question. He was like, "I'm not a, I'm not a business." And I was like, "Well, do you have an LLC?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Mm. <laughs> like, mm. Technically, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. What can what if you are interested in going down this rabbit hole? But can you talk a little bit about the money wounds that you mentioned, or? like how you found them and how you're trying to make them better yeah I mean how I found them was I was like why am I not taking advantage of this Mm. like I really had to face myself a couple years ago because I didn't want to I just kept wanting to do everything in service Mm. and like really just like didn't want to like charge for that much for things and you know like you know just like be really malleable and like um do a lot for other people like bring up a lot of people I'm a Capricorn so I was just like really just like I think for a good seven years like completely just like like sort of like martyring myself professionally Wow. Um, trying not to take up space. A lot of that had to do with like in 2015, I faced a cancellation and it wasn't like mass cancellation, but I like got something really triggering happened on the internet. Oh, and well, whatever, 
2015. <laughs> <laughs> Ancient history. Yeah. And I <clears throat> and I remember just feeling like um I I felt so bad. You know, I felt uh I felt as if like um I was this, you know, power hungry person that had been called out and um and I wasn't that my only purpose and value was if I could give back to my community mm-hmm. and like help other mm-hmm. specifically black and brown folks mm-hmm. to like tell their stories. That's like what I felt that I had to do because mm. <clears throat> I was taking up too much space. And um, that also meant that I just like wasn't making that much money. And it around 28, um, I don't have generational wealth, you mm-hmm. know, so like, I don't, I don't have like any other resource except myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I hit, I hit a, a wall. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I, I can't be living off of like articles that pay you like <laughs> $250 a piece, you know, like, it's like not sustainable. Right. Sorry. New York. I just know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. are you kidding me? You're paying like fucking twenty five hundred dollars in rent. Like, it's not yeah. possible. And no. so, um, you know, and and I've been living in New York from twenty nine, the uh, two thousand nine onwards. And I like did a stint in Montreal because I was too poor for four years, and I didn't have a visa and like all this stuff. But like, I really sort of saw myself as like a working class adjacent kind of like marxist punk who Mm -hmm. like you know just like needed to work for the masses and for the people and i still feel that those are my values like Mm -hmm. but i i can't and i realized that this can't be the sword i die on because i've my my ancestors died on that sword and i don't that's not my story you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, I don't know. I'm tired of being a martyr. And Joan of Arc is like one of my favorite figures, historical figures of all time. And I'm obsessed with this idea of martyrdom. And mm-hmm. I think financial martyrdom is like real. And especially because like my mother's father, my mother's grandfather was a landowner and he his son like gave away all of his land because he was a communist and i think when you like also like have wealth at a certain point and then you give it all away in this sort of like liberatory like belief for equality which again is beautiful but you're not thinking of like the mental well-being of your three children and their children right um i don't know it's sort of idiotic um and like my mom is crazy and that's her father and it's just i think it says a lot like revolutionary men don't always have revolutionary children because they needed their father they needed their parent you know and like they live in the shadow forever of this like of this like you know figure of this figment but they and they never feel good enough in themselves you know Mm -hmm. um and i think that that can be passed down in many ways and financial financial like sort of like I don't know like blockages are real like I just had a feeling that I was there was like a lot of blockages around finances and the more I started to talk to healers and just like you know yeah people that knew like sort of were connected in the spirit world they were like there's a lot here that you have to heal you know did they and that was amazing yeah, that's super powerful working with um, a, quote, healer. Um, I'm not sure what the best term is for these people who have magical abilities, but um, in any of those sessions, did did they identify, like, certain figures in your life that um, were part of that kind of those financial blockages? Or was it just over a period of time you realized, like, okay, like, this is a pattern that I picked up here. And how this is how I'm carrying it out. This is like how it's not serving me, or like what was the, what was the aha? 
it was actually both, but it was it in a lot of ways it was like also finding out that this grandfather in particular who was a human rights lawyer and like uh, uh, you know just a defender of the public, mm-hmm. he I sort of carrying on his legacy. I worked with a transgenerational healer. Mm-hmm. That's what she called herself mm-hmm. um, of Mexican heritage and lineage like two years ago Hmm. and uh she she just sort of really sunk into my system Hmm. and and was like through many different methods and she but I think the way that she sort of like it's all energetic for her I believe and she yeah she was able to completely pinpoint like what was going on and who it was who was really the culprit and I, I'm pretty sure it was this grandfather and mm. I'm kind of carrying on his lineage um and that's why it's so such a burden on my shoulders because my sister doesn't have this she doesn't really care about the same things like mm. for her my mother's well-being is like the most important thing but my sister does not care about like being an anti-capitalist she's like give me money like I don't care um so it's definitely me yeah. you know yeah <laughs> um how this is like this is a transition of a lifetime but how i'm curious for you has the financial kind of wound or wounds how has that played or has that played into your interpersonal relationships um in like love mm, yeah it's been damaging for sure because um it's always a tool for manipulation Mm. i found Mm -hmm. except like this new relationship that i'm in i think it's the first time it's not a tool of manipulation and i think it's because everything is transparent but when things are you know in the shadow and there's a lot of like expectations like my partner before this was you know like a very you know he's a well-known director and i think that like I was with, it was my longest relationship I'd ever had. And mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of like, just, I think like, in, especially in like, this hat relationships, there can become this like, just you play roles yeah, and it just yeah. it becomes very gendered and like, I make money, you cook clean. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think like, that dynamic was so seductive to me because I never had that kind of foundation mm. in a family before. Wow, if I had like a DJ horn, I'd be like, because <laughs> it is seductive. Seductive is the is very the seductive. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh you're like, God, they bought me this, so they love me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <whatever."> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you forego every other need and desire, and it becomes like this, like you know, all of a sudden I had a life of like glamour. Like I didn't have to really worry about money. I didn't, I could buy my like nice clothes that I really wanted. And like, I think that I really, really for a while, it was just like, I need refinement, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still love that. Like I, I, I do struggle with, you know, sort of being at the behest of like wanting nice things. And, and yet like, I think this relationship, it was really revelatory because it made me realize that money is not all it is made out to be and mm. that, like, I am worth much more than just someone being able to pay f- for things for me. Of course. Um, and, yeah, I didn't really value myself. Like, I kind of lost my way completely I lost my art I got very like complacent and I think that's what money does to you too it makes you very like you're just constantly wanting more you're just left with a feeling of like but there's more right and like you know like that's that's antithetical to like this life and like what we're here to do really like to enjoy what we have um so I think that I've like really pivoted since then and been like, oh, actually I have to find my own true connection and uh, to myself. So like nobody can like buy me into thinking, oh, you know, imagine that. yeah, you know, like 
yeah, it's it's hard. It's fancy and nice when someone buys you things and is like, you know, I love you. And you're like, oh my God, why? Yeah. Could this be real? When you're not used to it too. It's like Yeah. Oh, this it's is the, what's in the movies. And I've seen so many. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I deserve it too. Right. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> um speaking of deserving things um can we talk about the privilege of or maybe the luxury of wellness um Mm. actually what is wellness in your opinion like what does that mean uh well i think i look at wellness very i think What's the, how do I explain this? In the essence of what it means, which is to be well, wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I see it. And I believe that it's for everyone. And that's what I'm fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that we exist in the oversaturation of wellness. And that's also what I'm critiquing. Mm-hmm. Who is it for? It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Yeah. It's um, for everyone. It can't be for anyone if it's not for everyone. That's sort of one of the slogans that came out of the book. So real. Yeah. Um, it just can't be. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The whole concept of wellness is, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's, it's um, the first thing that comes to my mind is expensive, which sucks. Um, Mm. like I literally went to, you know, to get my like annual checkup at the, uh, the lady doctor, I forget the, the Mm -hmm. name for her, (laughs) um, thinking like, geez, if I didn't have insurance, like what would happen here? Um, and then, and I'm just literally just getting a checkup to see if, if my vagina and my reproductive system is well, (laughs) um, Mm. you know, like just these very basic things have been so commodified, which is just. I mean, it's America. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm curious, like, what's your experience? Because there's so many spoofs on, you know, uh, this, like, lifestyle of wellness in, like, L.A. especially. Like, what's what's the vibe in L.A., uh, like, from your perspective? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, like, I don't actually have any contact with the white wellness world like I really it's not that I don't work with like white wellness practitioners I do and I respect the ones that I work with but Mm -hmm. I I I don't I don't I'm not seeing all these like girls that are you know like I I don't see it like but I know it exists and I think that that's kind of the dangers and the beauty of any kind of city because you're like it's your bubble it's what you make out of it but Because for me, I benefit. I'm one of the reasons I moved to California is because I needed access to wellness, and mm. you know that's kind of the big irony of like my entire <laughs> life and book is that you know like and and I'm very clear about this. Like you know, in from the very beginning, like I need it. I need this. These resources. Like I mm. realized very early on, you know. And, and so much of this is because I'm a child sexual abuse survivor and my body is not well. Mm. And like, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've been having like, you know, autoimmune things. And, mm. um, you know, like even just allergies where like if you're a kid and you're just like constantly sick, there's something going on. Mm. And we don't have any awareness of that. And we're, we're barely beginning to now. And I think it is exciting where we're at and it's the beginning, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I was celiac at age 10. Like mm-hmm. I've had digestive issues since I was very young and, you know, the asthma and like just random skin disorders, like throughout my life. And it's been a constant state of like, oh my God, I need to do something. I need mm. to fix myself. I need mm. to like, why, why is my, you know, why am I constantly sick? Why is my immune system so low? Like, why, why am I um, itching my vagina like for months at a time? Like what, you know, and that actually is, was the breaking point for me where I was just like, do it. <laughs> Yeah, you're when it's like your sex, you're like, hang on a second, I have to start taking this seriously. Ugh. Um, and it really was that. It was like I was with 
my ex and we didn't have like our ph floors were not sinking and i was yeah. always having a tear of vagina i was always having bv and you know just all of these things that you don't want to know and like you don't want to experience because it makes you feel so disgusting and dysmorphic in your body and yeah. it what did for me and i was just like wow i'm not normal um and I think that that was really one of the major tipping points for my wellness journey. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. okay, what if, even if I'm not normal, I need to figure out what the fuck I am. So I can Who's start. Normal? Yeah, exactly. What is normal? And that's, that's kind of the point too. It's like, this is actually very normal. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's normal in the sense that it's more relatable. And the fact that we don't talk about it says a lot because I know that I'm not the only one. I know that there's so many of us that have these issues and like chronic illness is actually like way more rampant than we even mm-hmm. care to admit. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that like all of that does a great job in suppressing ourselves and suppressing our pain and our traumas even more. Mm-hmm. So they compress into our bodies even deeper. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Like, I think that my entire life story is an act of liberation. So I'm learning in real time how to liberate myself from these immense, you know, like realities of like having chronic pain all of the time mm-hmm. and having to like figure out how to have it the least amount. So I'm not, you know, completely yeah, disassociated from yeah. my life um, and I can be present. What was like a transformative um, if there was one like modality that you um, started working in for starting to heal yourself? Um, I think massage, like I've get, been getting massage regularly now for when did it start? Uh, like eight years. Mm. And mm, wow. I've had few different practitioners I started in Montreal and then I moved to New York and then I worked with this incredible massage therapist for a couple of years but I've I've and I this is maybe for a different episode but I mean there is there is something happening in in the wellness world where a lot of people are kind of getting into the QAnon conspiracy kind of world (laughs) and I'm seeing it really in the real time yeah 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 Wait, that's and scary. it's very very scary and so like that's that's a whole other thing but um i've had a lot of massage therapists that i've worked with and i currently work with this amazing woman mm-hmm. um in la and i get it once a week and it is life changing every single really? time yeah like and how? i did um how so how so because she she's okay so like I am a deeply spiritual person. I like want to work with people who have that kind of understanding and awareness. And mm-hmm. she's she's a she's a um, Chechua woman from Peru who's adopted at like three months. And she, I for sure feel her like when I well, there was one time when I was working with her where I felt like an ancestral experience where I was like. I've worked with you before, like in a different lifetime. So you have a connection. And we have a deep, deep, deep connection. And she, she does a lot of craniosacral massage and Uh like Reiki and really sort of checks in with your pulse point. And, Mm -hmm. um, but like on different levels, like craniosacral, so like nervous system and like, so it's not just like the body and the muscle and the muscular kind of, territory it's also like the spiritual impact and for me that has been really integral in my own wellness journey of like understanding and having autonomy having language Mm -hmm. for uh like what's going on spiritually because this is this is i think a huge through line throughout who's wellness for it's that like these lineages come from my ancestry and my history and you know these were people that were really thinking and understanding i mean similar with the greeks it's like they re- there was an awareness of like sort of body and mind mm-hmm. and the power of evolution and like mm-hmm. the, the 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 ability that we have as individuals to evolve and 
I think we're all here to do that. I know that's corny, but I think that's true. And I think <laughs> the cornier, that, like, the better. Keep it coming. <laughs> the cornier, the better. And I think learning, learning sort of like all of that shit in your life, like learning why you're sick, learning mm. what your body is telling you, learn, not turning against yourself, actually understanding like your powers in also your disability or in, in any chronic pain that you have like there's a lot mm. there that is an opening and I really learned a lot from my own self and like being humble to my body and not turning away from myself actually leaning in mm. um and like learning to love myself as no one else has ever loved me because that's the real root of the pain it's like this want for this thing that I'll never get you know the want of of a mother who can love you and it's that's painful mm -hmm. but it does get easier it really does the more i like am able to just be easeful and kind and 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 generous with my own self like even yes even today being like i'm emotional i need some time like yeah. that was an act of love yeah. for myself just to to really like communicate your needs is so freeing and so hard sometimes yeah, yeah it's the most hard yeah like when we're I, so conditioned out of it totally it's like oh you have to cancel it's like but that's life like I need to say no to this so I can say yes to this <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah and it usually is yes to yourself right, and that's not yes. even an option for most people they're like me like I'm last are you kidding me like no this isn't about me and it's like this is then who's it for who is your life for mm -hmm. like I don't know like I, I obviously like I'm here for the communal and I think that's so important but we need to have more self-esteem and self-regard yeah. I think that's important and self-respect like these are all things I'm learning too it's like you have to have all of that and be able to show up in community as a person of community and right. somebody who wants you know everyone's life to, to have value and importance mm -hmm. my friend and I call it carafe talk where like you have to fill up your carafe before you can start pouring <laughs> it out for other people yeah that's real yeah I would be curious about your thoughts this is a conversation i've had with a bunch of different people in my life including elders aunts uncles like you know just friends uh, of all ages um there's it feels like there's just this like self-awareness like kind of disconnect between like the generation between the generations period but specifically like the generation mm -hmm. of like i mean like I'm in my 30s so like that generation and then like our parents and like that generation mm -hmm. before like I I've been on like my own healing journey uh also the last pretty much since I moved to New York um and there's just so many things that like I feel like we have to deal with on our own that we can't really talk to the people who have helped create these wounds yeah um like what is that possible to have that conversation and to have like closure or is it just something we just have to deal with on our own as we just heal ourselves? I think it, I think it's both. I think that like, I don't know, like I, I wonder if I'm ever going to talk to my mom again. I, I don't know if I am. Yeah. And I think that that I sometimes feel like I'm a hypocrite for not, wanting to try harder but mm. I also know that um I hate myself when I talk to her mm. and that's not good yeah. so like it's it's one or the other yeah um you know like real. yeah it's really real like I, I have to like sort of really explain it to my dad and my sister I'm like I would rather kill myself and I I'm sorry that's trigger warning but like I really mean that and mm. I think that that's something that you have to know about yourself like what is your limitation and um and i think that that's part of the closure story like if you know your own limitation then that's it but then there's nothing beyond that and that's that is something that i think is not necessarily easier to digest but i think with for me it's become 
it has become a lot easier. Like this Mother's Day doesn't didn't really feel as triggering as it normally is. And I think that it's because I'm in acceptance mm. that even if my mother does all the work that I tell her to do, she may never be the mother that I need her to be still. Yeah. And that that's okay for me to still choose to not have a relationship with her because yeah. ultimately like the, the this is our path we're deciding you know it's our paths don't need to be aligned for us to heal together mm. um that's interesting. you know like yeah yeah they don't I, they don't no and i think that like even just like sort of this idea of like you know healing seven different you're seven generations ahead and and four i think it's like um an indigenous understanding and awareness of like knowing yeah that like if you heal yourself you're you're healing seven generations ahead of you and generations behind you mm. and that's how significant your own healing is and it's maybe not gonna happen in a linear way but i don't know i i see kids you know kids these days and I'm like they're freer than we ever were yeah. and something's happening yeah that's like, true you know they're honest they're they're there is a shift happening and I feel excited yeah totally you know yeah when is the healing done like when are we always just trying to get better I mean of course we're trying to get better but I feel like there's just so much pressure on like healing or like doing this or doing that or being very active about like you know what are you eating what are you consuming like just all of these things that we're supposed to always be working on ourselves like to what end mm -hmm. like when does mm -hmm. that does it end <laughs> like what do you think yeah I mean it's again I think what we choose like I think Trisha Hersey I don't know if you know her work of the nap mm -hmm. ministry she is a powerful leader in thinking about rest and the power of rest and sort of like the oh. how how rest is like really um anti-capitalist actually because it's mm -hmm. like you know you're prioritizing yourself <laughs> and i think that that yeah exactly and i think that that is a really cool way to reposition sort of the mm -hmm. like um the concept of like what does healing mean healing i think we attribute it to like you know you're like you know i don't know pushing yourself off a mountain and like you know doing these like crazy acts and <laughs> right. you know in a lot of ways it is that for some people like it kind of is that way for me like i have this like intense relationship with you know plant medicines and that kind of requires me to be a little like I push myself to different, you know, different parts of myself. And, but at the same time, like more than ever before, I sleep more. Mm. I don't do anything some days. And I just leisurely read. I sit on my heat mat or I lie on my heat map, I, I heat mat and I, <laughs> and take a nap and I smoke a lot of weed and I eat really good food. And I give myself pleasure mm. and I find pleasure. And I think that we, because capitalism is like work, work, work. We, we expect healing to only be work, 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 but healing is also rest and care. And, and that's why like care is so significant. Like mm. it's not just care from others, it's care from yourself, which means that you are putting yourself first. You are saying no to things that you can't do. You are saying like, you're making those difficult decisions of like choosing yourself before choosing someone else and not in selfish ways, not in ways where you're not showing up as a friend or a partner or whatever, but in ways when you're like, I have to actually think about myself right now and what do I need before I can give something to someone else's that craft talk that you were saying, <laughs> you know, it's like, it goes back to that. Like you have to, you have to really find pleasure in your life. And Adrian Marie Brown, you know, talks about this with pleasure activism. It's like, it's not all, yeah. Like, you know, you're protesting and, and, you know, you're fucking fighting the system, which it is too, but you got to find your battles and you got to find, I think 
what makes you understand the value of being human so it makes it easier to fight for it um and activists don't do that you know people that care about the world don't always do that and i think it would be really powerful if more of us were like i'm gonna take this one slow so i can show up harder in these ways um instead of being like i'm so burnt out like i have no time for anything like that's that's not it like that's not that's boring as fuck to me like yeah like we we can't be doing that anymore so is like not sexy (laughs) yeah no definitely not like i'm whenever i say i don't have capacity i want to i'm just like oh my god what the fuck like like it's great that i'm articulating that but like is it this is where we're at like i don't have any capacity to do anything anymore like what that's that's not good how do you tell people no do you have like a special way or are you just like not not today um I'm still learning again I think that that's uh but I love saying no um <laughs> and I think that saying no without feeling bad is is an art form yeah. that I'm still trying to perfect right there with you like, not having know. like a shit ton like, excuses i know right <laughs> but maybe like, i can do it no dude yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly here are some alternatives yeah i oh god i gotta stop doing that shit <laughs> yeah exactly i can't do this but here's four other things that are gonna give me a hard yeah time. how about yeah. these <laughs> yeah i'll definitely do these ones <laughs> Uh, so you have survival takes a wild imagination comes out in october yeah oh my god is that your fifth book yeah sixth book yeah it's my fifth Fifth book book. yeah yeah Uh, um how's it going (laughs) it's so fun this one was really fun because who's wellness four was brutal and i wanted to die every day and yeah it was really awful but like you know i love it as a book i'm really proud that it exists it's just it it really took a number out on me and i uh yeah i feel like survival yeah it was really brutal but survival takes a wild imagination has been really fun and playful and sexy and and i i'm just i'm feeling like this new part of me emerged that's been trying to emerge i think for a while but yeah, just like I don't know, just like a freer version, you know, and a okay. and a more yeah, I love it too. A calmer version and a version of me that like is able to hold my vulnerability with power and res- mm. and self-respect instead of like shame. Um big yeah. big uh yeah, big words. <laughs> I got no words cuz those yeah. are big words. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big I know. Feelings. Yeah, big feels. Big, big feels. You know, they're dead, and they're, it's it's real. It's like I really, I really want to learn how to, how to just, and that goes back to I think taking myself seriously, like learning, like this is a power, this is a tool, this is an instrument, you know, and and, and it's been been devalued throughout history because people don't like women period Mm. and they've never throughout history except maybe like in ancient egypt i don't know like ever really like taken true consideration of like that feminine power and like what we have to offer society and i do feel like a different time is coming like way more matriarchal time mm-hmm. um and i think that that is why it's powerful to be in something that is still so reviled which is having emotions and being sensitive and like learning how to move with those things first imagine that i know right <laughs> Um, how did you come up with the name of the book? It just came to me. Um, mm. I think it's because I it's real. I think I was just thinking about my own life. And I was like, thinking about how I did it. You know, like mm. I, after Who Was Wellness 4 came out, I really had to sort of do an inventory of myself mm-hmm. and be like, who the fuck am I? And what what kind of person am I? Mm-hmm. And truly, and 
take stock of the things that I achieved and, you know, like just my life story and, and the fact that I didn't have a linear path to where I'm now, like Mm -hmm. I had to do a lot of different things to get here. And I think that that is nothing short of a miracle. And it happened also primarily because I knew that I had something to say. Mm. And interestingly enough, like a lot of people that I loved as a teenager, I learned, I met in my twenties and my thirties, you know, like people that I, you know, put on pedestals are now my friends or people that I like know and are in my periphery. And that I think has been shown me that I, survival takes a wild imagination Mm -hmm. like you need to believe that it's possible even if it's not possible you just need to dream it Mm -hmm. you know and I think that dreaming is really revolutionary Mm -hmm. how do you dream I don't know I (laughs) I I mean how do you dream I, I spend a lot of time listening to music and Mm. smoking weed and reading a lot of different books and just putting myself in different worlds. And I think because I grew up in a lot of restriction in my house, I had Mm. to like turn inward a lot Mm -hmm. and like find things in myself. Like I, you know, like read a lot of books and like I was on the internet and would like go on Tumblr or like, just find things to like read and what was your screen name on AOL on AIM I actually didn't have AOL oh really Uh, no I didn't I wasn't really because I wasn't American so I wasn't like doing like that I I was definitely catfishing people and like (laughs) definitely doing like you know sex things too young and like you know dumb shit where you're like why the fuck did I do that um (laughs) But we all had our time. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, being yeah. <laughs> Sorry to I I cut off your train of thought, but I was asking you, how do you dream? It's funny. I I asked you that because yesterday my my neighbor who was just full of gems, um, he's like this older Haitian dude, Dennis. Shout out Dennis. He's the sweetest guy ever, and he was just like, you know, Jackie, you can't stop dreaming. And I was like, wow, it was just like such a it just slapped me in the face when he said it and then I've been thinking about it for like 24 hours and I'm like or he said because I was we were talking about I was like yeah you know like I would love to someday like own a brownstone on this block you know like in Bed-Stuy like it's literally impossible now because I'm not like a hedge fund guy or whatever Um, yeah and he was like nothing is impossible and he just went on this whole thing and I was like this sounds like some you know, like uncle, uncle talk, uncle advice, mm-hmm. and I'm taking mm-hmm. it and I'm hearing it and mm-hmm. I, I love it. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it for 24 hours. So I ask you, how do you dream? Mm, yeah, I don't know how I dream. I, I think I just dream through art mm. and like imagining, imagining, uh, imagining my own art. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I dream and like, what kind of art do I want to make? And going into different worlds like that mm-hmm. is permission yeah. part of that do you have to like say it's okay or do you already no that? no I'm already past that because again like I was always an outsider I think I spent so much of my life being an outsider nobody's given me permission to do anything Word. I don't I just have to do it all I've all, done everything on my own without anyone's permission and um I think that's why a lot of people don't fuck with my work because I'm not of the institutions people don't and their work? like oh, i think there's a lot of people where there. are they come at me bro <laughs> uh, well, whatever that's life i know it's fucking life you know like yeah exactly. it's like it's a sad but real truth about yeah. life like people are just gonna fucking hate you on site yeah. you don't have to do anything like and and that's that's cool it's like that's someone's damage that's not mine and Next. i think i accept it more and more like i i don't take it personally as much I, if at all unless it's like a personal friend i 
if like someone on the internet doesn't like me i'm i really don't give a fuck like i'm like cool um (laughs) yeah like it's it's fine uh and it's like it's like it's also if someone has to go out of their way to tell you you're like damn you actually love me though like this is a lot of energy yeah there's a lot of energy to tell me that you hate me um that's real i mean erica vadu has like a i think it's in new america the album she's like love like basically i'm paraphrasing but it's like love and hate are the same emotion they're just on different sides yeah i mean that's you know it's i've been thinking about that a lot recently of like that sort of donnie darko moment where they're talking about love is the opposite of fear and Mm. recently i was talking to a friend of mine who um is an older person and also a doctor so like completely different Mm. like world than me Mm. um and at the kaiser institute and we were talking and she was like um you know speaking about love and fear and and just like how she's been reinterpreting and understanding those things like she's like if i don't want to move with fear then i just have to move with love and i was just like that's so huge like i was like what like oh my god like totally groundbreaking like it's just like the opposite of fear is love like and if you don't want to move in fear you just have to move in love like there's it's fine that's it and i i think that i really benefit from remembering that Mm. on a daily basis drop the mic now <laughs> the mm-hmm. AirPod mic um that's like a really... <laughs> yeah thanks so much for tuning into current mood today don't forget to follow current mood on spotify and give us a little rating if you're feeling it give us a little star action five stars would be great and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts If you have any ideas on future guests or any insights, feel free to slide right into our DMs on Instagram at currentmood.io. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It really means a lot.